Welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast, helping you propel your writing business to a whole new level. And now, here's your host, Ed Gandia. Hey there, welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast. I am your host, Ed Gandia, and this is the podcast for business writers and copywriters who want to earn more in less time doing work they love for better clients. You can find detailed show notes for this episode at b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 151. And those notes include a summary of our discussion here, as well as links to resources mentioned during the show. Now, before we get to this week's episode, I wanted to let you know that I'm about to start coaching a small group of established writers and copywriters. So if you're already earning somewhere between $2,000 to $7,000 a month or the part-time equivalent, we're going to focus on doubling your income or getting more free time without sacrificing your income or a combination of both of those factors. If you'd like to join us, just send me an email at ed at b2blauncher.com. Put 2x in the subject line and I'll reply to you with all the details. And that's a good segue into our episode this week because today we're going to talk about how to up-level your copywriting or writing business. I found that if you're already earning somewhere between two to $7,000 a month consistently as a writer or copywriter, doubling that income is not as hard as you'd think. I've been saying that for years, but today's interview, I think it's just further proof of that. Today, you're going to hear from a very successful copywriter by the name of Jared Kessler, who's going to share how he's built his business so quickly. Jared, again, is proof that growth doesn't have to be linear. He's been a copywriter for about 10 years, but he's a relatively new freelancer. He just launched his freelance business a couple of years ago. And his story of how he's been able to grow his income fast is a great example of why earning more, and and many times way more than you currently are, is not as big a challenge as he might be thinking. And I'll give you a quick hint. It's not about effort as much as it is about a shift in strategy. So I hope you enjoy my conversation today with Jared Kessler. Jared, welcome to the show. Great to have you here. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, chat about all this fun stuff. I'm excited as well. And I we're going to be getting a little bit deeper into your business here, but I, I think a good place to start for us is with uh, some background. So why don't you tell us a bit about your copywriting business, including the type of work you do, the types of clients you like to work with, um, and also how long you've been on your own? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I started in and around, I, I want to say around 2008, and it was kind of like, I it's I would guess it's pretty similar to how a lot of other copywriters got started. You kind of fall into it. Um, but I think for me, um, you know, prior to that, I had worked so many different jobs and so many different things that I just, you know, I ran out of things that didn't work. Um, and what had happened was um, at the time I was working like, you know, a regular job. I had um, blogging was, I, I think, um, kind of, you know, kind of starting to get popular. Um, and I kind of started diving into that a little bit. I had met a friend um, who was also working at something uh, similar, uh, blogging. And he made the leap from 
job to doing that full time. And I was really fascinated with that. Um, and, and when he, he had, had done that, I had asked him, I said, well, how did you get like, you know, we're talking about building a blog with a few thousand followers and I don't know, it was like five, 10,000 followers. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd asked him, I'm like, how did you make that leap? So he, he gave me after a few conversations, few discussions, give me a book called the copywriter's manual. And, you know, in that time and, and where I was and, and reading that, I had no clue what copywriting was. I was into music. I was a, a struggling artist, worked like two, three jobs. I was trying to pay off my debt. Um, so when he gave me this book, I was like, it, it was the, the weirdest kind of feeling in that it was something that I felt like I was meant to do. And however cheesy and, you know, the, this ray of light shining down, you know, and um, it, it was this really crazy feeling because for me, um, you know, I, I just couldn't find a way to actually make a living doing what I loved. Um, so I, I had a degree in psychology, grew up with, a, uh, you know, a nine, five parents and all that fun stuff. And, um, you know, it wound up being a perfect mix of like psychology and understanding people and my love of creative writing, which I was also doing music. So from about 2008, 2010, I started really getting into like, you know, Brian Clark's the copy blogger, um, a lot of different blogs and started kind of like launching little programs here and there, doing my mailing list. And I, 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 I just started taking on some clients where people came to me. And, you know, I always say that it, there's, there's this idea that, you know, I didn't really choose copywriting. It chose me. And, you know, I, I always look at things like, um, you know, is it for me, like, did it match who I kind of was? Like I grew up writing in cafes and all this other stuff. Um, but it seemed like the perfect match for having a love of creative writing, um, a love of creativity and, um, you know, being able to use this, this psychology degree, which I, I can use before, um, fast forward about two years after that. And I got a, um, I got my first shot. Um, I really wanted to use this kind of springboard um, of this learning of just leveraging stuff that was working for me and taking on smaller clients, building my portfolio, um, doing mock ads. And what I what what I had wound up doing was my angle was to get into, you know, an ad firm. I wanted to write copy for bigger brands and stuff like that because I, I loved how it was being talked about. I didn't exactly know what it was. Um, so there was a lot of like placement agencies ca called like creative circle. We have 24 seven. Um, and they got me into a, an ad firm called draft FCB draft FCB. Uh, one of their clients was Hewlett Packard. So I wound up writing a lot of copy for the biggest brands in the world, Hewlett Packard, but on the B2B side. So it's really fascinating. Um, they had a program called purchase edge, which is getting people to use their, um, their points redeemable for like, you know, free ink or, or, or printers. Um, and also their anti-counterfeit division, which was super fascinating and interesting because you don't understand like how, how much of a, a big thing, this whole anti-counterfeit ink is all over the world. It really opened my eyes up to a lot of stuff back then in terms of the process of how, you know, copy and art, art and copy work together. Um, from there, I leveraged 
a lot of my copywriting um, skills and kind of you know know how uh, into other ad firms writing copy uh, for T-Mobile and the B2C B2B world leveraging that and you know going on a lot of different ad firms um, uh, doing stuff for Banner Bank Pemco um, you know a lot of different stuff and then it came to about 2016 and I was approached by this direct mail place um, you know and I, I, I don't I'm not going to mention names and stuff like that. I mean, people can find out. I don't, I don't like really mentioning names, but, um, you know, I was offered a, a, a permanent part-time kind of gig. Right. Um, and it was 20 hours a week. I was getting paid really good money. Um, but at the same time I was doing, you know, it was kind of a win-win where I would, um, they didn't have to pay me a, a huge salary. Um, but they could get work that they needed, um, you know, to help build their client list and make their clients happy and stuff like that. So after your year of that, um, I was in 2016, I basically, um, you know, they lost the T-Mobile side, uh, or T-Mobile B2B side. And I basically, um, from about January to May, I basically kind of sat around and like, do I, do, do I want to do this anymore? I mean, I, I think like, I was in that time I was getting approached by a lot of people because I, th what has happened was I built up my, um, SEO. Um, I'm very much like, um, uh, if people were looking for a copywriter, Seattle or Seattle copywriter, I've never paid for any SEO stuff, but because I've, I've been doing it for a bit, I always popped up number one. So people would ask me like, Hey, really like your site, you know, are you available? I have this copywriting thing. I've been really fortunate in that, that I've really never had to like, you know, uh, um, look, I guess that much, um, for work. And there were times where I did, but most, most of the time people kind of came to me. So in that time I said, I said no a lot, you know, and when you're working on site at a place, you know, it's just you're you usually have three to five projects that you're working on at the time. So when that kind of came to me um, and, you know, in, in January of 2016 and in that time between January and May, I started thinking about do I want to do this, not do this. And, and people approached me and I started saying yes. Um, and, you know, a bigger client came to me. Um, I, I had the experience underneath my belt. I felt comfortable enough to charge, you know, an extra five, 10 grand, a, a project because I saw what was going on, um, in the ad world. I think, you know, doing newsletters for like tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, um, for campaigns and, you know, a bigger client came to me, um, said $10,000 for, you know, this. And they said, well, you know, how about 5,000 for this? And if, it goes good. We'll do the other thing and we'll give you another 5,000. Cool. Awesome. Worked out well. And I thought in the back of my head was, okay, now it, it's worth it for me to continue just doing this. So officially I, I'm coming up on my second year of business, um, doing this kind of full time, just, um, you know, just as me, more of a business, not really a freelancer. And it's been, uh, you know, and, and hopefully I didn't lose people on that crazy kind of weird story. But, but that's about it. But I think it's important. I want to share a lot of the little tidbits because, um, I don't know, I, I ho hopefully there's some, you know, um, learning lessons, um, you know, throughout that.
Yeah, and we'll dig deeper into some of this. I think it's fascinating that uh, you're able to combine uh, your your talents and into into this career into this business. And and I mean, compared to many other people that that I talk with, your ascension was was fairly quick. Uh, and it sounds like you really have a knack for for a lot of the stuff. I'm sure your art background, musical background, and, and psychology all kind of gave you a great foundation for for it all. Um, and I'm, I'm just curious in terms of today, um, what types of clients do you typically work with or do you like to work with? So it's, it's interesting. So I, and I thought about this, um, and there's really three types of clients that I, that I kind of work with and I, and I take on, you know, I only in this year and a half, um, I've only had about 12 or so clients, you know, direct to me, but I've, I've done pretty well. And those, and and those have been like, you know, um, higher, I guess, ha- higher caliber kind of business owners, like consultants or tech guys, um, which which would be kind of like one somebody that earns like, you know, probably like one hundred fifty thousand dollars or more, like a guy from Microsoft, um, you know, came to me. Hey, I got this consulting thing. Great. Cool. Um, the other one are CMOs and CEOs that have an agency but things are just too slow. So they need someone that kind of have, I say, you know, I'm an agency level copywriter without all the agency level headaches. So they can come to me where I could provide them with what they need without having to go to their agency. The other one are smaller, like boutique ad firms, which are a ton smaller boutique design firms that don't have a copywriter on site. Like, the, right before this, like a gentleman had had I'd reached out to called I, I'm just going to say, for example, X, Y, Z creative. It was just online when I thought you were calling. It was this guy I said, hey, I have this thing, um, you know, a project. You reach out to me. I, I have some copywriting work may need help with. Um, and there are people that don't have copywriters on staff. Their design, maybe they're more design centric. Maybe they're just, uh, you know, I don't know. They're probably like a five to 10 person design team. And they have clients that come to them and say, hey, you know, we have this. Can you do it? Of course, they say yes. And then they reach out to me um, where they don't have to have a copywriter on staff, but they still have a need and they still want to have it done right and accurately represent who they are. Um, so those so far, those have been those have been the three. It's been a pretty even um, it's been a pretty even weight on that. No, that that's a great mix. In fact, that that leads me to my next question, which is, it, it's obvious that you've decided to position yourself as a premium service provider, and and you did that from the from the very start of of your business, from what I could tell. And I'm curious to hear about uh, that decision, wh- why you made that decision, and also how your self-confidence has played a role in all of this. Cause I'm fascinated by this, this whole issue of uh, self-confidence and, and, and what we've got to work with and how we can use that, how we can leverage that confidence to, to put ourselves out there, to position ourselves a certain way. Yeah. So this is my third iteration of, of my website. My first, and I look at it like this, right? At first, 
I had a uh, my first copywriting website was called the Kickass Copywriter. I consider myself the H and M of copywriters, right? <laughs> so I was like, I was like the cool guy, but thirty five dollars an hour, really inexpensive, cool stuff. Um, my next iteration, so that was I, I usually find after two to four years or so, it starts. I start to outgrow it and it's old. The second iteration, which I think was the one before. Uh, before this that you saw, I consider myself the urban outfitters of, and I don't know if you have it here and people are like, what? Um, urban oh, yeah. outfitters is kind of like the cool, but it's a little bit expensive, right? It's like the $85 an hour guy. That's kind of like, um, it's, he's still cool, but you're not going to, you're not going to find like $20, you know, dollar pair of jeans there. Right. Um, so I quickly outgrew that about two years after. Um, and then after that, you know, we talked about this was about a two year process to get it where, where it was. I just felt like, so when you're, you know, some people got the fact that, you know, I'm charging five ten, and and I, I had a client that was $75,000 project. Um, when you talk about certain pricing, the, the packaging has to match, um, what it is that you're selling. It's like, you know, you're not gonna, you can't go into, um, you know, to Old Navy and sell a $200 pair of jeans. It, it just doesn't work. That's why they have Old Navy, they have Gap, they have Banana Republic. Um, and the same thing, like I saw myself, my, what was happening was everybody saw myself as the urban outfitters of copywriters and I felt like I was the Barney's New York. And what was happening was um, some people kind of got it and, and a lot of people didn't. So while I'm like charging five, $10,000 for, for a project, people were like, yeah, okay. Um, and other people are like, oh yeah, okay. Um, but what was happening was there was just, I felt like a disconnect into who I really was now versus who I was seeing. So, you know, the, the, the reason why I did that is because the pricing wasn't matching what, um, the, the look and feel of everything. Does that kind of, does that kind of make sense? Yeah, so, it does. It does. And, and, and you've, it, so you have iterated too. So this is not for people who are listening. It's like, oh my gosh, this guy is, well, you started as the H and M, right? Yeah. And, and exactly. you've progressively moved up, but it sounds like you had already outgrown the current positioning that you had in terms of your website and what it was communicating. One, 100%. And, you know, I think there's, there's those people, right? Cause I play guitar. There's people that go and buy like a $3,000, um, Taylor or, or Martin guitar, just like out of the gate. And then there's the people that like, you know, practice, um, for a few hours, they get good. Then they, they, you know, get a $200, uh, or upgrade from a $200 to a $500 guitar. They play another few years, then they join a band, they start recording, then they go to like a thousand dollars. So like, I don't buy in the philosophy that like anyone should just go out and, and buy like $5,000, $2,000 guitar. You know, I believe there's iterations of that and how serious and, you know, and, and also too, I'm, I'm very like, I'm very strategic in everything that I do, like very strategic. Um, and I think that, um, I, I don't think people understand and, and know that's why like I'm kind of doing something called the copy process. And I, I, I need to educate people on the value of what copywriting really is and the thought process that, that goes underneath it. Because, you know, when people ask, people see a number, right? But it, it, unless people understand the value and they understand that the benefits outweigh the costs, um, you know, it just doesn't, it, it, it's, um, it, it's hard to communicate. But I, I do want to say this, that people that are struggling with charging pricing and stuff like that, you have to understand is that when 
you, you know, you can throw people off if you don't charge enough too. Like Absolutely. that's, that's, you know, somebody once told me people, ch- companies choose the least risky option. So if say, you know, Nike comes to you and, and it's like, Hey, you know, I have this, um, they, they would do like a national campaign or something like that. Probably not a case study. Right. Um, and say, you know, I, I really need someone to new ideas and this or that you're going to say like to the CMO of Nike, $500, like, you know, they, they, they process that as like, you really don't know, like, I, I can't use your service. Do you know what I mean? So I think you have to know um, what you bring to the table, uh, how you could differentiate and position yourself, which I don't think is talked about enough. Um, and and really, like, w- what are you, um, how are you packaging yourself? Um, and I, I don't see enough copywriters really paying attention to the design aspect of things. And I, I look at things like if you could take away every excuse for someone not hiring you, right, um, then um, I, I think it's a good thing. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, I, I wanted to kind of go down that path and and, and talk a little bit about positioning uh, because I, you're right. It, it's not talked about enough. Uh, the people make assumptions. Copywriters are making assumptions about what clients are looking for, and what they care about. So I'm curious to know how you set yourself apart from other copywriters. Tell us about how you're positioning yourself. So, you know, when people c- contact me, right, and and this is where the listening really comes in. Um, because what I've come into contact with are like four, and this is on my service page, right? And I, I, and this is what, what's kind of worked for me when I have a conversation with, with people. Um, and, and what I I really listen to when people actually hire me, I really listen to the reasons as to why they hire me because I want to know. So what happens a lot of times is that I find I separate it out into four categories, right? So when I talk with clients, I say, okay, there's, there's four people that you could choose from. There's your cheap and scary. Those are your $35 an hour copywriters. You can find them on Craigslist. That's really, you know, if you're just starting out, you know, you don't have much money. Maybe that's a good way to go. Maybe you get your cousins, friends, aunt, I don't know, uh, write it for you and yeah. cost nothing, <laughs> but, but they're cheap. Um, good luck with being able to rely on them. Good luck with them even really being a copywriter. Um, you know, it, but that's available to you. Uh, the second part is experienced, but average. And I see that a lot. Those are the, and it's, I have nothing against these people. It's experienced, but average. I call the English majors that are really great writers, um, but don't understand like the thought process behind it. Aren't going to look at your Google analytics and say, well, do you know, most of the people that are going to your website are actually, um, interested in working for you, not hiring for you. Then what do you do with that data? Um, there are people that are just like, writers and great they don't understand the copywriting aspect they don't understand like you know if um they come up with 10 different um ideas and then give it to you and you run it through your legal team when it gets ripped to shreds you know how are they going to come up with another great idea that actually gets through legal and you know goes live the sec um the third one i say is you have big slow and outdated um, and, and I say, listen, you could hire an advertising agency that has a creative director, art director, project manager, account director, executive creative director, and copywriter. And if you have $50,000 to start going on millions of dollars, that's the way to go. And I say, 
I look at myself as an agency level copywriter without all the agency level headaches, meaning, um, you know, I take care of the schedule. Um, you know, it's upfront in, in the contract after we talk about a call, you know, what I think certain things are going to take. We follow the schedule. I manage the schedule. Um, I do the work. I do the, um, you know, I look behind the scenes as of what's working or not just working. Um, how do we leverage that into actual copy that, that works? And if it doesn't, what do we need to do to change what that does? You know, from, from, from idea to conception, to data, to the research from customer surveys, but more importantly, because there's a lot of brand strategists out there selling strategy, more importantly, knowing how to take that data and that research and, and leverage that to write the copy that talks to the audience in a way that actually does something. So that, that's kind of how I set, that's how I separate it out. Um, when I get, when I get the opportunity, but, but I will tell you this, you know, um, I, I used to, um, you know, um, I, I found kind of a way to kind of like, um, uh, you know, I don't just get on the phone with people. I try to find out, um, originally before this new site, I would send them a form and a questionnaire that explained a lot of this. And I knew if they returned my questionnaire and I got them on the phone, it's, it's like a done deal nine out of 10 times. But I know what happens is, is that if they're, if they don't take the time to fill out the questionnaire and the questions, they're either one shopping around, which really not, or really not interested. And honestly, like I, I, I don't, as a business, I don't really have time for that. And I know that like, I can't like, there's some people that are very like, I could sell anyone, but there's also times where it's like, listen, I, I, I just can't sell, you know, um, I don't buy into that theory where I could just sell anyone. Um, so yeah, you, you want them to be pre-sold. Uh, totally. really to, before they're coming to you. So you, totally. you want them to walk down this path. My impression is, hey, they've gone to your website. They get it. They've taken the right. time to fill out the questionnaire, which I see on your website. It's, it's brilliant, yeah. by the way. That's, yeah, that's yeah. Your, we can talk about Yeah, that's part of your intake process. And if <laughs> right. they've done all these things, you just know statistically, right. OK, I got somebody here who's got a very high probability of converting right. to a client. Right. Right. So you no. just got to get on the call to make sure that, you know, it's all is good. You got to talk. Uh, scope price and all that but right that that's a that's a great start so that that's a good point right it's a somebody who hasn't done that you just know uh, i i find that so many copywriters buy into this idea that everybody who inquires my job is to convert them to a client and that is not your job yeah <laughs> You know, I just uh, sent out a little thing that when you when your market is everyone, you're marketing to to no one or something like that. Um, it, you know, we're not even even Walmart isn't for everyone. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. they're not. Um, you know, there's people that just can't stand Walmart or Nordstrom. People don't like Nordstrom. You know, so it's no different with a, a small business. And um, you know, and I think you have to stand firmly. Um, on that. And I think, you know, even a new thing, I think for me, and it's not, you know, my website now, it's not very like, as, as before, it's not very copy, like, um, uh, not, not so much copy heavy, but like per written persuasively. Um, there's a lot of things that are really, um, well thought out, but I think that like, you know, you really have to just gauge your audience. I really feel like we, 
you know, what I really like doing is really finding out like and asking people and say, Hey, you know, we, we work together, but I'm curious, like, why did, like, why did you hire me? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and what's the difference between like you, why did you hire me versus others? And you know, even before do you do that this, frequently? Yeah. I mean, I, I listen to well, what I do is I, and, and I used to, I should, I should get better. And this whole, like this whole thing, um, you know, with when I say a creative copywriting studio for growing brands at bottom lines where higher standards meet unique perspectives from beginning to end, like all of this stuff is basically, I found a common theme as to why people want to get at and why people hire me. And, and a lot of times it's because they need new and innovative ways about talking the same, talking about the same old stuff. And, you know, I always look at things as from a standpoint of it, it really comes down to standards and perspective. And what I mean by that is, you know, you bring a certain level of standards, you know, add to whatever you do. You know, you could cut your lawn, you could do whatever. Somebody says how you do anything is how you do everything. Um, and, and I really believe you bring a certain level of standard to that. Um, and we also bring a unique perspective. I think that's, you know, our experience, how we grew up. And so I always look at that and I always say, listen, I, I have a really high standard for how, um, how I operate. Like I can't sleep at night knowing like some word, some word is off and somebody changed something and the pacing is off. Like, I don't know. I just can't sleep at night knowing something isn't, isn't right. Um, but that's, that's just me. But I also think that there's a certain, I, I feel like there's a certain pricing that I have to have that meets that, you know, even look at my website now versus when I did before, like I, I look at my website and I feel like I, I don't think anything less than $5,000 feels right on this. Um, and I think we just have to be, we just have to listen more as to, as to why that is. And yes, I think coming back to the original question is that, you know, I see certain things and I take a step back and I say, okay, um, these people are doing this, like no other copywriter has, a, like, I haven't seen any other copywriter that has called themselves a creative copywriting studio. Cool. Okay. That's a position I want to go. I see all these other copywriters that are doing like, you know, fr quite frankly, a lot of them are now working for the Amazons and Microsoft. And again, there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, I look at what they're doing and, and like, it's all about content. And, you know, I think like, well, you know, the last client, that, you know, not the last client, but when I had a client hire me for a $75,000 project, um, I really listened as to, you know, it was really important for her that I was cool. It was really important for her that like, they're very design centric. It was really important for that to look right. It was really important that I work with a lot of bigger brands. So a lot of that stuff, I really dictates what, um, what I do. And I think originally, I used to send out questionnaires to my clients' clients, and I still, you know, if I have the opportunity, would love to do that because what you say, and, and here's a big disconnect, what you say you are and what other people say you are are two completely different things. And I really think like we have to pay attention to what it is that they're hiring for you for. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally get it. Totally get it. I, I do, you know, with my coaching and training business, I pay attention to the unsolicited feedback that people give me because it's it's amazing how many things I get back like that that I would have never thought of. Yeah. Uh, somebody said the other day, you know, Ed, uh, working with you, it's basically like cutting in line and, and getting mm -hmm. ahead, you know, two, three years yeah. in your business. Um, 
<laughs> overnight yeah. cutting in line but legally uh, yeah <laughs> so right. i've never thought of phrasing it like that right, it's, it's right, really right. cool we're, we're too close to our own stuff so i i think right. there's value in that now just a quick side question we don't need to go deep into this but i'm curious you know you're positioning yourself many times as you know this this guy who comes in and it's it's very comprehensive um, yeah. What yeah. if you got a client who they, they get that and they value you, but they don't need a lot of that uh, high touch, yeah. you know, project yeah. management and so forth. Is yeah, that yeah. a good fit for you still or no? You know, I, I recently I the fa- the past few months I've recently had that where I, I try to find out and I and I think this is a good learning lesson for a lot of people, you know, because I've, I've had that and I thought, well, do I really, you know, sometimes people are like, Hey, I need a copywriter, you know, whatever. And I had that. And I said no to a lot of that stuff. But what I found was, is that I, and I told my, I told my wife, I said, I wonder if I could do something in a day to where they get to what they need, but I could charge say like uh 1695. So where it's, I always try to look for win-win situations. So I redid a lady's website copy where it took me a day she was super like i'm talking about like um you know like super intense 8 8 a.m to 5 p.m we go off on a kickoff meeting at 8 a.m we do the creative brief i get to working on stuff we touch base at 12 by 5 a.m you have a finished product 5 p.m and yeah by, by well like 5 6 p.m okay you said a.m so i thought we're, oh, gonna, yeah, we're yeah. working overnight <laughs> that's crazy yeah um so um and that's worked really well um, and, and of course my wife's like, man, you do like two or three of those, um, uh, you know, a month and that's great. And I thought, yeah, I, 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 that, that, that wouldn't, I couldn't do any more than a, than one a week. Um, but that, so that's a thought. So I try to look at like, how can I reduce my time and do that, um, and position that. Um, and, um, still make sure they get something of value. And the two or three times that I did it, everyone was really super happy. So that might be, that might be a thing. But again, like I look at what, what, what people are coming to me for, right. Um, is that like, is that working? Is it, is it not working? Am I, am I, you know, did I just lose like over the last few months, $10,000 worth of business that I could have done for this? Um, so I look and I kind of analyze that stuff and I, and I say, okay, maybe I'll try this and see what helps. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm very much, I, I don't like to go down a path of, of course, cause, cause I've learned the hard way. I don't like to go down a path if there isn't a need. So I try to see and try to see if there's a need. Like for instance, a lot of people the past few months have, have asked me, Oh, you know, how do you get into copywriting? And you know, I really like your stuff and blah, blah. I'm like, well, maybe I should charge for, for coaching. So I try to look at what the market is doing. I think like a lot of big companies really do, you know, and I think a small business or, you know, and, and, and uh, writers as, as business people, now we really need to look at what are people going to us for and what can I create out of that for these people? Um, and, and that's kind of like the fun thing, you know, I'm, I'm curious about how you get prospects. So it sounds like from from what you've shared so far that a lot of people are coming to you would you say that that's pretty much how all business comes about or are you also doing some prospecting some direct outreach um you know it's funny i do this business and marketing analysis audit um i do every i've done well 
two times, uh, actually two or three times. And I look at, I look at that stuff, like where are my prospects coming from? Um, what's working, what's not working. Um, and it's been super helpful. So I found that, um, you know, most of the people other than the last few months, most of the people have been coming through Google and I get a typical email, Hey, you know, really like your site. Um, you know, really need help with X, blah, 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 blah. Or, you know, it's somebody that I worked with before or referral. I'd say though, lately it's probably been about seven out of 10 people have Google me. Now that has changed. Now what's, what's fascinating about that and just launching this website, which is just a, a week old, um, and the past few months, uh, you know, Google hasn't been doing that. And, and that's one of the reasons why I've been so, um, on top of having to redo my brand, because I think there was a disconnect between what I was showing people and what I was charging. Um, and I wanted to make sure that that was in alignment. So now, um, I just started reaching out to people again about this, um, because, um, because I realized like, gosh, like people aren't coming to me from Google again. Um, I guess other people too, maybe I'm too high priced for some of these people. I, I don't, I don't know. So a lot of stuff is really new. Um, and just looking at my analytics, even this morning, gosh, like 50% of the people are coming from like Facebook. Like it's crazy. So I always, I always look at the data. I always look at wh where attention is going, where people are coming to me from. This one recent guy who just came from LinkedIn. Um, so I, you know, I can't answer that and say this right now with the new thing, but I could tell you from previously, most nine out of 10 people have been coming from Google. And do you find that many people are kind of when when they come to you through Google, they're kind of looking for the way, well, I guess it's changed recently because of your new positioning, but are they already kind of looking for an agency level copywriter? Uh, do you find that they're kind of already, that they already get that when they start uh, approaching you? It's, it's weird. So I, I, you know, it's a, it's a weird, it's, it's been a weird mix. Um, there's a lot of, and, and I, I call myself, I'm a, I'm kind of a creative, I'm a creative and a business guy. And, and I go, and it's hard because I go, I have to go back and forth between them. You know, I say I'm just as professional as I am creative and I have that even balance because like I have to, but I, I'm not like, I don't know all the right answers and the right ways to do business because I'm kind of new at running my own thing, which I, I look at myself as a business um, now in the past year and a half. So when people contacted me, to be honest, um, I, I would, you know, I, I was dumb and said no to a lot of stuff. Um, I don't think people like, you know, uh, like that. Um, but at the same time, I, I didn't think it was the right thing. But then I, I, also, too, this past month, I'm thinking like that was dumb. You know, I start <laughs> like because because what I what I did was is that I looked when I, I do this business and marketing audit, I added up all the stuff that I said yes to all the stuff I said no to. That's like thirty thousand dollars worth of no's potential no's that I thought could have gone somewhere. So I'm kind of almost starting over with this new website. Um, and I, I think I'm dialing in more. And I think it's a lot more apparent as to like, I don't think it was before, but I think now it's a lot more apparent as to the quality of work and the quality of clients. So I'm kind of, I'm super excited and interested to see like what comes now and how much, 
pushback on pricing or or not that I get right now. So I, I don't know. Like I'm super I'm super excited to kind of see where that lies. Tell me about the the copywriting studio idea. You mentioned that a little bit earlier. You're positioning yourself as a copywriting studio. Uh, how where did that come from? Uh, what uh, what do you expect uh, from from that uh, new angle that you're using? So I think that. Like if I said I'm a freelancer, like if I told you – like if somebody told you they were a freelancer and then somebody came to you and said, I, I have a creative copywriting studio. Like just in that – Very different. Very different yeah. things. Yeah. And, and, that was, and that was a thing for me. You know, I, I, very, I love design. I know a lot of designers have been, have been in groups. Um, matter of fact, I used to um, – you know, uh, I'm fascinated by a lot of people that say, you know, I go to writers things like I never go to writers things because they're not going to hire me. Like, why go? So I used to go to like AIG events, AIGA events and all this different stuff, like go to where people would hire me. And I just got into like a lot of different design stuff. And I would see a lot of design firms and a lot of people in the ad world, the marketing world that went up, that would go off on their own or like these design studios, like boutique and, and everything. And I wanted to bring that to the copywriting side. I wanted to bring that to, because I think like, I don't call myself a creative director, but everything that I do, like all my work and everything, I, I've, the only reason my website looks the way it does is because I've led the creative direction on that. Like I really wasn't, I, I work with a brand strategist um, and I really wouldn't have any of the work that I've done turn out the way it does without me leading some form of the creative. I don't call myself a creative director, um, but that's what I kind of, I feel like I'm a copywriter creative director because a lot of creative directors don't, they don't want another creative director there. Um, but I think that it just, um, I, I don't, I'm into, I'm into the art and the science of what we do. Do you know what I mean? I think the art of it, um, words, why I don't use, I don't like the word freelancer because the word free is in it. Um, I think it just sounds cheap. And I just th think it sounds, um, sounds better. sounds more expensive. And I think there was a one particular quote that, that really resonated with me that, um, that someone said is you have to be the best at what you do or the only one doing it. And oh, yeah. I don't see anyone else going this route. I see a, a race to the bottom. I see um, – and, and by the way, I think that hurts everyone when you lower your prices. Um, and I see that too many people are trying to um, get the best for the least. And I, I'm not sure that that's the way that I want to go. I, it doesn't feel right to me. Do you know what I mean? Totally. That's what we're all about here. I mean this whole idea of, well, we just need to – the moment somebody sends me an email starting with, you know, things are getting so hard out there and it's, you know, right away I shut down Yeah, because I'm not saying that what you're experiencing is not reality, but how you perceive that reality is really what right. matters. For sure. So I, I, I love this. And, and I'm curious, well, I know this is still very new. One of the things that I thought of when I hear copywriting studio is, you know, kind of more full service. So right, obviously right, right. you offer, you know, some of these things that a typical copywriter wouldn't, but are you being asked, well, what about design and so forth? Or is the level of client you're going after, they got that covered. So that's not really an issue. Yeah. Well, you know, to be honest, I'm the first one to sell someone on design. And I know like, I, you know, I shouldn't because I know that I come from the standpoint is art and copy. And I, I, and, 
and here's the thing. I think it's important. What I try to do each day is I go to the I go to the Apple app section. I think this is a great thing for people to kind of get in the habit of, of being used to. I look at the top apps. The top apps have been if you if you look at if you go into your phone, you look at iTunes or whatever, the top apps, even ahead of Google Maps, is Instagram. Now, like I think about this stuff, right? Like people like looking at pictures. Like, um, you know, if you look at the top business apps, it's about like productivity and how to save people time. And, you know, I, I really try to process this stuff and 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 say, you know what, there's like something to it's not just all content, it's how it's being presented as well. And it goes back to as well um, that, I, that I think like, um, you know, um, uh, that, I, well, I, I, this is kind of a, a thing that I, I kind of want to mention is that I'm not sure that any one of us is just a copywriter. I think we have unique talents and skills. And to be honest with you, we're in a service-based business. Like all it takes is for you to think of something completely out there um, to package it that solves your your client's problem. Call it whatever. Um, all it takes is a different way to kind of say that. And for me, you know, I wanted to take a more comprehensive approach because at the same time too, I feel if I'm charging more, I want to make sure people get value. But I also, you know, Ed, to be honest, I like the whole idea to execution process. You know, I think that what's happening is everybody calls themselves a copywriter, just like a designer. And, and I don't think like, like, are you really like, do, are you really taking the work or the time to really understand everything about who your client is, who their competition is, what's working, what's not working, you know, what's their biggest fear and frustrations? How do we do a buyer persona, not just for you to be able to write the copy, but to give it to them and say, listen, this is basically everything that your copy from now to the next six months or whatever is going to be written, written off of or should be to better understand, you know, your clients and better connect with them. You know, so I, I, it doesn't, and I think like when you, when you charge higher price services, it doesn't, it doesn't come down to the hours that you spend, it comes down to the outcome and it comes down to the value that you provide. And I, I, I think that, you know, it, it's really dependent on, um, you know, just like evolving with the times really, you know, I, I look at this, you know, everything I, you know, without getting cheesy or whatever, but I, I, I felt that everything until copywriting came into the picture. I mean, it's given me so much. So um, I, I try to find out and see, and I'm trying to be one step ahead. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I don't mess with the marketplace. I try to see what um, feedback is coming back um, and adjust accordingly, um, you know, to that. And, and that, that's all I could do. So, um, all, but for me, this is where I'm at right now, and it feels right. So I'm curious, as, as we wrap up, I know a lot of these changes are really new, but where do you plan to take your business, Jared? What, what do you see for the next you know, two, three years at least? You know, I, I used to be this guy that used to write down my goals and have this huge plan, and I, I think it really depends on – listening to what to the feedback of what happens if i get more people that are like you know loving this one day thing where i charge two grand or whatever and i start doing really well on that or if i start to find more you know um you know i i have to be completely realistic one half of the half of the ad firms of the last you know eight years that i worked at are gone like i have to like 
I have to see that and see, well, like, why is that? You know, I look at ad firms kind of positioning themselves as consultants or consultancies. So I kind of, I have a certain idea, but I, I don't want to push it on the marketplace unless I know what's coming back, unless I know what people are coming to me for and people are, are hiring me for. So I, I can't necessarily say, but I have to kind of go where the marketplace tells me. Um, so I'm just kind of listen to that and kind of go with that. I, I don't know if that's the best. Maybe it's, you know, um, at, from a, a business person standpoint, um, you know, but I, I just have to kind of wait and see if that, if that kind of makes sense. Oh, it absolutely does. And, and what I'm seeing just looking in is I think you're absolutely heading in the right direction. I think this idea of, you know, we've talked about race to the bottom. I think that the, this lowering your fees is just a that's a losing proposition. That's like the worst thing you could do. So generally speaking, anything you can do to rise above all that and position yeah. yourself differently so you can not just forget about competing. So you could do very well for yourself. Right. Um, I think that's really the way to look at it and what that looks like from year to year. I mean, you're just going to have to course yeah. correct as you move uh, right. through this, right? Right. I think sure. you've, you've made a very wise bet here. And uh, man, I, you know, we may need to do a follow up here in a year or so just to see, hey, you know, <laughs> lessons learned, what went well, yeah. what didn't go so well. What did you learn? But um, I'm, I'm excited for you. I think this is totally the right move. And I'm glad you're, you're confident about this direction, but you're also willing to to iterate based on, on what's happening on, on feedback. So yeah, that's helpful. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, a, a same thing with, I, I tell clients, listen, I can get it to where the best that it needs to be, but listen, you don't know unless you actually start putting stuff out there and then get the feedback on what's working and not, not what's working and not working, then course correct on that. Do you know what I mean? Cause yeah. so many people fall in love with like this idea and everything like people you don't know you put it out there you hope that it's going to do this you look at the data you look at the research all this stuff this doesn't work fine you autocorrect you you change little things here and there and then you learn and you take feedback from that and then you keep tweaking and uh, uh fine-tuning things until it gets to where you want to be so well this is this has been fantastic jared i really loved the the conversation just talking with you about what you're trying why you're doing this and where you've come from uh just for listeners benefit i just want to send them to the right place if they want to learn more about you and your work and what you're up to where can i send them yeah please i mean the main thing is jaredkesslercreative.com uh you know all the way to the bottom there's all the social media stuff i've i've been you know doing more on instagram and i have my facebook page and Pretty you know pictures, trying, right yeah yeah all that all that fun stuff um i do something called copy tip tuesdays which is actually today you know i i'm always trying out new stuff but um you know um yeah you can check out jaredkesslercreative.com um yeah i'd love to hear from people um, I'd love to do like, get into like more workshops and, and live stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I listen, I'd love to hear from, uh, everyone, see what's going on in their world. Well, thank you, Jared. Really enjoyed the conversation, man. Thank you so much. Really great being on. The high income business writing podcast is a production of B2B business launcher. Learn more at b2blauncher.com.